In this episode of the Distinct Brand Podcast, we sit down with Stephanie Stubulas, veteran marketer, influencer marketing thought leader, and founder of Social Creates Impact. We discuss the coming changes to name, image, and likeness, and the future of social media marketing. All right, on today's episode, we have Stephanie Stabulis of Social Creates Impact. Uh, excited to have her on the podcast to talk about influencer marketing. Uh, so Stephanie, appreciate you joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Excited to chat with you. You know, I know it's been a while uh, since we met in Los Angeles in February uh, at the Influencer Marketing Conference. So excited to catch up and, and talk influencer marketing. So kind of to kick things off, you know, would love to hear a little bit about your background, how you got started in the industry um, and what you're doing now. Yeah. So, man, I've been doing influencer marketing specifically since, you know, the blogging days. So it's been about seven years. Um, I started in a, when I graduated college was kind of like when public relations was shifting into like this digital marketing world, like digital marketing was just starting. And in the four years I was in college, like we didn't even have classes about digital marketing. Like none of that existed. We had no (laughs) idea what was going on. And I think it was like my first year in business, like in the business career world was when Facebook opened up their doors to people that weren't even in college. So (laughs) when brands started getting on Facebook, I was like an intern with the company and my boss was like, can you figure out how to work this? Like, what do we do with this? And so my entire like first half of my career was both trying to figure out how to use social media to do marketing, uh, how to use social media to do public relations, how to use social media period and then how to explain to people what I do in social media because they're like wait what do you do for a career like what is social media we can use it for marketing and so I did a lot of like that in my early career um, obviously that sprung into influencer we had a specific client um, long time ago in the protein powder space which health and wellness is a huge passion of mine athletics is a huge passion of mine and um, they basically said yo like our millennial audience is not reading a newspaper they're not reading magazines they're reading blog articles and they're online how do we find them and that was really the starting off point for me to start working with communities online specifically influencers so people who are kind of sharing their day-to-day things um, any up-and-coming athletes that were starting online specifically on instagram at that time um, and that flourished really into me developing the first influencer marketing program for our health and wellness clients uh, we kind of spread that across our entire agency so everyone had an influencer program by the time i left um, and then i started working with a company called Tire influence who did this like at a larger scale so they just you know they had huge clients they had small clients they had all different kinds of clients and i was brought on to help with the strategic development of those campaigns as well so i've been doing influencer marketing for years uh, watched it grow, watched it change, watched everything happen to it. So yeah, it's been a while, but that's the that's the story. No, that is awesome. I love how you say, you know, you've been doing it since the blogging days. And I think, you know, everyone agrees. Influencer marketing, social media, even PR from a digital format has completely changed since those days. So what are you like when you have these conversations, whether it is with clients or even those in the industry or those that are just trying to learn, 
how have you changed the description of what you're doing? Like, how have you explained, I guess, really the value of what influencer marketing is and what social media marketing is over the years? Because I definitely think, you know, the what brands get now, the value they get now is crazy different than what they used to get when it first started. So how have you, like, gone through that education, you know, portion with brands and also made sure that you've learned at the same time, make sure you're giving them, you know, an accurate description of what they can expect? So a lot of what I learned was from the bigger brands having the resources to experiment. Experiential marketing is huge because you have to have those brands who have the money to waste to basically figure things out for the rest of us. So <laughs> Wendy's and Taco Bell for a long time were like some of my favorite people to watch because they were they seemed to be cracking it and they seemed to know what they were doing. And so I watched a lot of them, what it is that they did and, and try to scale it down for my smaller clients. Um, basically being able to reference that this is what Taco Bell is doing, this is what Wendy's is doing. Our clients know that they're not Taco Bell and they're not Wendy's, but to see those bigger companies invest in social media marketing on an experiential premise was definitely huge in being able to show that this is going to have some kind of value someday. Um, the more brands did it, the easier it got. So obviously that evolved over time. Um, but really, I kind of I've been able to really explain the evolution of both social media marketing and influencer marketing. I'm able to, sh to say like, hey, influencer marketing is not new, it's word of mouth marketing. Social media marketing is not new, it's just basically we're taking what used to be like an event that you would have and now this event is being thrown online. Or we're taking like outside networks and this has been digitalized and I'm able to show the evolution which helps bring it back to a tactic that they're familiar with. Um, obviously over time it gets easier because everyone's more familiar with social media and technology and it became uh, this is nice to have like 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 I I'm kind of scared about what this could be like oh yeah I need this because if, if you're not on social media who are you so it's like you can you can pretty much tell a client like you're not on social media what do you expect your client your your consumers to think about you if you're not on social like there's no legitimacy there so it's definitely gotten easier as well Definitely. And what is some of the pushback you received, you know, over the years from, you know, C-suite executives who were maybe skeptical of influencer marketing? You know, how did you walk them through getting comfortable with it? Oh, that's such a tough one because um, there's a ton of skepticism and the skepticism is growing because the one of the biggest challenges we obviously all face is how to measure that ROI. Um, and that's, I feel like that's gonna be a question for a really long time. How to measure ROI is gonna be just that ongoing question that we're always gonna to have to solve or always gonna to have to think about and it always is gonna be at the back of your mind. But the minute that you can show a solid strategy that has some kind of relation to a marketing form they do know. So me kind of walking them through the psychology more specifically of why we're doing influencer marketing. So some of the things that I've said that have really stuck was like, okay, like imagine that you are in, um, imagine that you're in a, a group of friends and one of your friends is talking about a product and they say, this is the greatest product of all time. And you may look at it and say, eh, like I'll keep it in mind, like whatever. 
then imagine that two people start talking about it. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're more peaked in that product. Imagine now five of your friends in that pod start talking about it and you're like, wow, I have to have that. That's what influencer marketing is, especially in niche markets, because you're not just talking about one person promoting a product. You're talking about the collective and the ability to, to show that something is more popular. Um, being able to explain the psychologies like that in the most simplest terms have kind of helped um, battle all of that resistance to influencer marketing because it's relatable. You know that the psychology is rooted in psychology and also marketing psychology. So influencer is just an expression of that. And that's really been able to help me kind of walk through some of the resistance. Um, and we've just gotten better with measuring things. I mean, I'm constantly, I felt like I was constantly re re reviewing ways that we could do reporting better. Um, like I said, ROI is always going to be a question in the back of my mind. And I think we're always going to be improving upon it to answer that question of what does ROI look like. But then that always goes back to the strategy. You're always adjusting the strategy for the ROI and you're always kind of having that game. And as long as you're able to explain that to the C-suite executive, as long as you're able to be honest and transparent about what this is going to do and how we're going to have to feed it back and what the timeline looks like to, to, to take something off the ground. It, people, I feel like really honored that and really been on board with being able to push forward with that. No, absolutely. And I think now we're starting to hit a point where a lot of these brands are seeing that value, right? They understand, like you said, that, you know, if we're not on social media, what are our customers going to think about us? And I think now, I, I think the social media examiner said this, that 98% of brands have a budget strictly for social. And I think 70% of those brands are do it like purely for influencer marketing as well, because they understand that there's value there. Now, you know, something that we're always talking about with our clients and, and those within the industry is that now that a lot of these brands are catching on and they understand the value of influencer marketing, then what are your thoughts then on the potential of oversaturation? Now that, you know, kind of back to your point, to your example, where you have that individual person in your friend group that endorses one product and is like, oh my God, this is the best water bottle ever, but you're in the same friend group and you have six other people in that friend group all endorsing water bottles to the point where it almost becomes a little too much. What are your thoughts on that? You know, a lot of the conversation people are saying that influencer marketing is getting oversaturated. Everyone and their mom's an influencer. Every brand is using influencers. You know, there's no more authenticity. What's your thoughts on that? That's such a loaded question. There's so many things that you talk about. Um, it is getting oversaturated, but ironically, and the reason that I also like have brought on coaching, talking, or trying to make resources for influencers is that I feel like there's not enough influencers. I feel like when you try to really drill down to a niche and say you're, you know, you're promoting a water bottle and trying to align that with the right kind of interest, the right kind of audience reaction, the right kind of uh, authority in the space to be able to talk about use cases around a water bottle. When you really intelligently dr like drill down into actually who you're using, why you're using them, and how effective they're gonna be, you're not gonna find that many influencers to help rep your brand. So not every influencer is gonna be effective for you. There's gonna be such a small percent, I feel like that are gonna be effective for the majority of brands. Obviously for other brands, this is not the case because they have pretty high, you know, their audience is pretty wide, but for most brands and even the small and upcoming brands who are investing, like their niche is just so small that there's not enough of those influencers to go around. So there is oversaturation, but if we were to really zone in on like the influencers and who it is that 
they should be using and how to do talent casting better and how to work with a more effective influencer, we're going to start to see just these niches form and not feel so oversaturated. Um, and I think that's a lot of what marketers are doing right now is that we're trying to figure out how to be more authentic, how to tell more authentic stories. And as we figure that out, it's going to be, it's going to kind of slow everything down because we're going to be uh, partnering with different people, different niches, different, different things like that. Um, the other thing that like really the oversaturation does bring issue with is pricing. Um, because the more influencers are in demand, the higher they're pushing their pricing because they can and because they are in demand. So the supply and demand aspect of having more brands in the market want to do influencer marketing is really affecting pricing. And it could be so tough for then an entry person or a small brand to then engage in influencer marketing because the pricing is so high because all the brands have pushed it up. Um, so there's that education that has to happen too with the influencers for them to understand that just because supply and demand continues to push the, you know, the, just because supply and demand continues to push their value up, if their value is increasing, but the returns are not increasing, you're going to start to see its own market response also happen. So you're going to see everything kind of start to slow down a bit um, because the brands aren't seeing the ROI from a higher pricing. So the market's going to kind of, in my opinion, regulate itself. Um, but yeah, that is a concern. And it has been the reason why a lot of brands have focused on better storytelling, better influencer matching, better authenticity. I love that. That's a great response. And I agree with the, the market evolving and shifting over time. I think it, it's never going to stay stagnant. Um, and you talked a lot about the education aspect. And I know that's the reason you started Social Creates Impact. So would love for you to kind of give more of an overview of what you're working on and, and how you're really, you know, thriving in that space. Yeah, so it's been, um, I'm still in like the figure out mode and I'm not like afraid to say that because I feel like this is a, this is an issue that a lot of us in influencer marketing have seen. Sometimes the influencers don't know what they're doing. Sometimes the brands don't know what they're doing. Um, and they're receiving help from the people that profit off of helping them. Um, so I'm trying to kind of bring neutral resources to both influencers and brands because what I want is more win-win partnerships. So to grow the industry as a whole, basically what we need to do is have the influencers and brands cooperate better. And right now they're kind of looking after their own self-interest. Um, you know, influencers want to maximize the amount of dollars that they can get. Brands want to maximize their return. And there needs to be some kind of meeting in the middle where you're going to have a, a really happy brand and a really happy influencer. If we continue to see those partnerships happen, we're going to continue to see brands invest in influencer marketing. The opportunities are going to be there for the influencers and overall the industry is going to continue to grow at the rate that it is that it's growing at. Um, I feel like if we don't try to tackle those issues, we, we, we may potentially see a decline in influencer marketing or at least the amount of brands that are coming back and saying, hey, I'm not seeing the value here. I'm not seeing the ROI or continue to challenge the agencies and say, you know, I don't want to do influencer marketing for the sake of doing it anymore. I want to really understand what what's being done. So the education of both parties is going to play a huge part in that. Um, and it's difficult because influencer marketing changes so quickly. I said I've been doing this for seven years. I mean, in the past six months, there's been 
um, everything with Black Lives Matters has brought up pay gaps. And all of a sudden now that is a huge issue that brands need to take back. TikTok <laughs> and all of the issues with TikTok, it's like, oh my God, now brands have to worry about that. And it's a lot to keep up with. It's a lot to know what to do when those kinds of events happen and how to adjust your program. So to be able to provide that kind of intel, that's kind of what it is that I'm focused on, on for brands. So I'm doing a lot of digital workshops right now. I'm doing a lot of development of content. I'm doing a lot of free social media content, podcasting, a lot of just getting as much information out there as I can to really help people to better shift their strategies when they need to, uh, to better capitalize on their influencer marketing, and then for influencers to have better relationships with the brands that they're working with. For sure. And I think, you know, with social, something that everyone can agree upon is that it's very reactive in a sense. Like you said, there, it, the year started, it was just, you know, any regular year. And then from since January to now, all this other stuff has happened that social media has really taken a front seat to to almost be a significant driver into a lot of these topics. And oftentimes that puts, you know, marketers like ourselves in a position where we got to take all the knowledge that we know and our own experience to help provide these brands or influencers a solution on how to continue to be successful on these platforms. Now, not to throw another loaded question your way, but given that, you know, like to your point that everything just evolves so fast, where do you think we're going from here in regards to social? We're like, what do you think the future holds for, you know, marketers, for influencers, for talent on the social platforms, considering just how fast and how reactive, um, you know, these platforms can be? Well, I think some of that's always going to be unknown. I mean, especially with the future of TikTok, because I've had people ask me, like, what are your thoughts on TikTok? And I was like, you know, honestly, I can tell you that the content form itself is popular. Like there's no debating that we like the content form is just something that's going to be something that's going to be a hit on other places. So Instagram launching reels just made sense because the content form is popular. The content form engages Gen Z. Do I know if people are going to stay on TikTok or if they're going to adapt some new thing or if Triller is going to be like what TikTok was or if Instagram is going to continue? Like, I, I don't know. And I think a lot of that is what's very difficult about social media marketing is that sometimes it's very hard to predict, but we can see the trends. Um, I think that just based on the evolution that I've seen to date, seeing that even the kind of content that we consume is always changing because they're always getting bored of content types. Like, you know, when Instagram, when Facebook first came out, it was like, oh, the, the, they were text only photos, like weren't even a thing. And then Instagram came out and everything became very visual. And then YouTube uh, around the same time, everything we wanted to see videos, long form videos. Now it's all about short form videos. There's always going to be something new that's grabbing the attention podcasts throw in there too with the audio. So it's kind of hard to predict kind of the consumer behavior because we get bored and then we try, we want something new and that's what social media is all about. It's really about being able to watch where the attention is going to steal Gary Vee's quote, which we all know he says, like he says, watch where the attention is going. And it's really hard to know where our attention is going to go next or what's going to happen in 2020. That's going to divert <laughs> our attention yeah. in a completely different direction. Um, so I really think a piece of that is going to be hard to predict, but I, really believe that social media is not going anywhere because of its social like it basically took something we knew existed and put it online and so long as the technology exists and I'm sure the technology is going to completely 
evolve like Apple and Microsoft and everyone evolving those technologies, we're likely to see social media habits change even based on the technologies that come out. So a lot of that also is going to be hard to predict. Without, like I don't follow the details of tech of like what Apple is working on past the new iPhone or what it is that they're working on as far as social media in cars. Like who knows what that's going to look like. So it's, it's difficult, but um, you know, my, my number one piece of advice is again, not even mine, it's Gary Vee's, you've got to watch the attention with social and you know, that's where we're going. We're going where the attention is going. Agreed. And one of the things we share a passion about, you know, speaking to you before this is name, image, and likeness with college athletes. So I know, you know, you were quoted in a Forbes article about it. So, you know, it's a question we get a lot working with athletes is when are you going to start working with college athletes? What are your views on that subject? Um, so curious to kind of reverse the question, what are your thoughts on name, image, and likeness? Um, and how do you see that kind of, mm -hmm. I, I was just going to say, how do you see that um, changing the college sports landscape overall? I'm excited. So ironically, when um, Forbes and Entrepreneur, the, the writer came to me, it was actually kind of funny because I was watching Ballers on HBO. <laughs> the Rock. So I actually knew all about what was going on because this was actually a theme in Ballers was, you know, talking about how his uh, brother was a college athlete that their career got ruined because of an injury and school did nothing. Like his, everything it is he invested within was over. So when the NIL legislation came out, I was excited because I felt so hard for that story in Ballers um, that I knew that this was going to provide people with another way to be able to secure a piece of their future. And I know that's what everyone wants. So I'm very excited about the legislation. Um, I think that there's a lot that colleges still need to figure out um, and that there's a lot of discussions that need to happen internally with the colleges to understand how it is that they are going to mutually um, allow, I mean, obviously they're allowed to allow the athletes to do what they want, but at the same time, they need to figure out how do we best benefit in a way that's going to benefit us and benefit them. I think there's still a lot of rules and framework that needs to be figured out. Um, but yeah, I'm excited about it because it's essentially athletes are influencers. We've had tons of brands, I think, in the past couple of years reach out to us really wanting to work with that set and that set of people um, because high school, right, right, in advertising, it's hard to work with people who are under the age of 18. Um, there's just a lot that has to happen when we're dealing with working with teen creators. So that 18 to 25 um, age range, especially in for athletic things like braces or um, athletic training gear, like a lot, that's like such a coveted market. And because those people are in college, because they're athletes are most likely some of them who have those interests are college athletes. That's such a hard market to reach. So it's, it's exciting for brands too, to be able to tap into that market and, and for influencers to be able to meet the demand that's there and start to secure um, some things for their future. So it's um, exciting and I hope to help that evolve as well and help athletes really step into the role of being an online presence and online presence that can help an online presence that could actually um, benefit from an additional income stream. Definitely. And I think what excites us as well is, you know, about 1% of college athletes go pro. So you have this other, you know, huge group that the biggest platform they're ever going to be on is when they're 18 to 22 years old, you know, playing football at Alabama or basketball at Duke. 
um, and the ability to create content and monetize and set themselves up for success in whatever they do, whether they want to be a chef, whether they want to be in travel or they want to be a financial advisor. Like we love that, that they are going to be able to build that platform and, and monetize and really just, you know, get the exposure. Um, and I think it's something that, yeah, it, it ultimately comes down to how the universities regulate everything where agents and marketing agents sit in that versus platforms and consultants like there's just a lot of conversation to still be had there but we're definitely excited about that i also think it's exciting because i think it's going to allow more people to chase their passions so i'll never forget when i was in high school and i was a high school athlete i played field hockey and i played um, softball and i had to make the decision about whether or not i was going to continue to play those sports in college and for me knowing that I wasn't going to go and become a pro softball player and that field hockey didn't have its own like pro like that wasn't an option for me so I felt like it didn't make sense for me to take away from my academic studies in college to be a d1 athlete or a d2 athlete it just completely changed my involvement with sports and made me change my involvement to be with something else that maybe I wasn't as passionate about. Now, obviously I became passionate about PR and communications, but if I was able to capitalize on my passion for sports, because there was an outlet for me to be able to do that from NIL, maybe I would have chased my passion in sports. Maybe I would have done something more because here's an athlete, an opportunity for me to not only be an athlete in college, but for me to and uh, create my personal brand around being an athlete while I'm in college, that makes that a little bit juicier rather than me saying, oh, well, I'm not going to be an athlete in college because it doesn't make sense for me. So I hope that it lets more people chase their passions and be able to get into the athletic world and stay in the athletic world because, you know, I miss that. <laughs> I miss being in the athletic world sometimes. As an athlete, I think when you're an athlete from like five to 18, like you're always an athlete, right? Right, for sure. And I think, you know, from a marketer's perspective, you, you talk about that, you know, you have a passion for health and wellness. Would you fully endorse or would you really encourage, you know, strongly that these brands, once the NIL, all that gets lifted and these athletes can now begin to monetize, are you going to, you know, push brands to follow through with that and try to, you know, bring on some of these, you know, athletes that are in college right now, given that really this, especially the first couple of years, no one really knows what's going to happen, the impact it's going to have. Are you going to, you know, are you there completely endorsing this and saying, hey, you're going to want to go in on this? What I've been telling people so far um, and what I've, where my thoughts have been headed have really been in treating them as if they're any other influencer. So as long as the authority matches up, if they have high authority in health and wellness specifically, let's take a, a supplement brand, right? A protein powder brand, because I have so much familiarity with that. Um, it makes sense for them to work with a training athlete. It just makes sense. And for an athlete who um, is training every day at the level of a collegiate athlete, it just makes sense for them. So when that's going to happen, that's where I'm going to push the brands to get involved with athletes, especially in that age group. If that's their core audience, their, if their price point makes sense to be targeting that low income college student. Um, you know, there's just so many things that are going to make sense for us to use college athletes. And that's what I'm going to be pushing health and wellness brands specifically to be able to do. 
Um, so, but it's still treating them as if they're an influencer because right now we're still using those influencers. They just don't have the title or the background or the story of being a collegiate athlete. So it's, it's just the opportunity to bring that storytelling perspective in and it's going to make a lot of sense for those brands in health and wellness who really, really depend on having a heavy athlete out there um, in that age group, in that market to be able to talk authentically about their brand. Absolutely. Well, th this was so much fun, Stephanie. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, where can our listeners uh, connect with and follow you online? So I am at my website, socialcreatesimpact.com. Um, I'm at socialcreatesimpact on Instagram. Uh, I am at Steph. I think I'm at Estabulus uh, <laughs> on Twitter. I changed everything around for consistency. Now I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I usually use Instagram most, mostly uh, at Social Creates Impact and my website will have all those links as well. So socialcreatesimpact.com. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Stephanie. Keep up the great work. You know, love the content you're putting out. Uh, we appreciate you having, coming on the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was an awesome conversation. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks. That's it for this week. And thanks again for tuning into the Distinct Brand Podcast. This episode is available through iTunes Podcast, YouTube, and Spotify. Follow us on social media, subscribe, and leave a review. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode.